Welcome to the Untangled Faith Podcast. In today's episode, Ashley and Bo Pritchard are both with me to share some reflections on where they are now in the aftermath of a really painful church implosion. They share candidly and authentically in a way that so many of you will appreciate. And make sure you listen to the very end because I have some podcast news for all of you. This is Amy Fritz, and you're listening to Untangled Faith, a podcast for anyone who has found themselves confused or disillusioned in their faith journey. If you want to hold on to your faith while untangling it from all the things that are not good and true, this is the place for you. This episode of Untangled Faith is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. Sometimes even after working through an issue for a while and taking a break from counseling, we find ourselves needing a little extra help again. That's been my recent experience with therapy. It was time for a tune-up. Maybe you can relate. Faithful Counseling can help you find a therapist that works for you. With more than 3,000 licensed therapists across all 50 states, it's easy and free to change counselors until you find the right fit. Whether you are struggling with family conflicts, trauma, anxiety, stress, or depression, Faithful Counseling can match you with a therapist who can help. Visit faithfulcounseling.com untangled for 10% off your first month. This link now redirects to BetterHelp, the parent company of Faithful Counseling, and will still match you to a therapist who is right for you based on your preferences. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for sponsoring this episode. I hope you've had a chance to listen to the series of episodes that I shared over the last four weeks. And especially, I just want to make sure I note that the most recent episode was shared just on Wednesday, November 29th. And this bonus episode I am sharing on an off day that isn't my normal podcast day. So if you're here looking for the most recent episode, it is possible that you missed the previous episode, which is entitled The End, which is the end of a four-part series in which Bo Pritchard shared his story. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and listen to that one first. If you have, you are in the right place. We have wrapped up Bo's story, but today I am sharing a conversation that I had with Bo and his wife, Ashley. And this is really special because this is the first time that I've had a chance to share Ashley's voice with you. Today, they share about what life and faith looks like for them right now. I know that you will love hearing from them. Here's our conversation. Yeah, we spent a lot of hours hearing your story through Bo's, Bo's, um, Bo's mouth, Bo's voice, but, um, it's good to have you, you here for this. Um, I I kind of feel like this is the aftermath (laughs) conversation. And so I think it's, I think it's really valuable to, to hear from you. And so I think my first question is, as you have processed all of this and, what has been this most the most surprising thing for either either of you um, as you have processed everything, whether it's emotions or experiences or or whatever? I actually I, I feel like for me, I was surprised by how I um, by emotions, how I my circle became very has become very small. I'm a lot more guarded than I thought I would be. Like, I feel like my body is actually act finally said enough. I cannot, I can't take anymore. Um, and so I have pushed back on things, even, you know, um, relationships that weren't like necessarily in that church setting or even the other relationships, the people that did see the problem and that did leave. I, I still felt like my circle got smaller and yeah. I felt very guarded even with, with those people, with anybody. And a, a big part of me has felt frozen, mm-hmm. like completely frozen. Like I don't, I, I feel like I don't know where, how to think next, where to go next. So I just kind of feel like I'm, everything is just frozen for me. That seems to be a really reasonable response to me. 
after I think of the number of years and decades in the church, in a local church, that's how we know how to be. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're not like we, we don't have the muscle memory. We have not practiced the not being in that local church. And it provided a lot of structure for, for our life community filled up our calendar. Yeah, there's a lot of free space and a big part of me has been very glad about that. I, I've actually kind of in, enjoyed it in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I still know that there's, that I feel like I'm still called to community in somehow in some way that it's still, you know, what God is, is calling me to. And I know that I want that deep down, but at the same yeah. time, I just, I, it, I have enjoyed just being kind of like a hermit in a way. Um, yeah. I know it can't last. I know it's not sustainable for me, but um, I think at this point it has been very freeing in a lot of ways. And I think I've been surprised too by how affected I didn't think I realized I hadn't healed from the previous church situation yeah. that we were in and how much came back, like a lot of things in my memories and things that I never really healed from. And that, that just, it just brought all of that back up to the surface. Yeah. Does that, do you resonate with that bow? Is any of that surprise you? Are you living it yourself or seeing it yourself? No, it, it, it doesn't. Um, I, I, we, we, we may have, I think we moved through that, that things getting smaller thing at slightly different, on slightly different schedules, you know, wanting to make life like very small at different times was an interesting thing to, to walk through. I mean, fortunately it wasn't like months apart. It was more like like a week or two apart. Um, but it, it was the same, the same feeling. And, and you say that, that isn't that a, like a good, a, a right, a normal response. And it is, but it's not seen as a good and a normal and a healthy yeah. response. It, um, well, it feels foreign, but it also, to an outsider who doesn't really understand, it can look like, why aren't you just in a church? Yep. Why are you walking away from God? Mm -hmm. And like, what would you say to those people? Like, I don't recommend you actually having a conversation with somebody that doesn't really get it. <laughs> but if you could be assured that they could get it, if you actually explained, what, what would you say to them? If you, they had like honest questions and they were actually willing to hear I think there's, for me, I feel like I feel a difference between walking away from my faith and walking away from the church system in the sense yeah. of, I feel like I'm being completely deconstructed with how church should look like and what it, what it, what, what it should be like. And, and faith is a completely different, different part of that. And so yeah. for me, I don't feel like I've lost or walking away from that faith because I still believe in God. I still believe in his church. Like I, I want that. I long for redemption, right? Like that's what Christ wanted for us. That's, I mean, he, he is the church. So I, I, I think, I think the sorrow for me is just being that deconstructed of like what man has done with church yeah. and what I'm longing for. And I, I, I don't want to just go back to another church blindly where I'm not thinking where when I haven't really processed through, you know, what I want to be a part of again and what mm -hmm. I want that to look like. Yeah. How about you, Bo? I, I think I'd tell them or I'd ask them because it, it seems like, it seems like people are, they are so uncomfortable being around something that is not resolved. Mm. And so, so if you were to say, you know, if you say these things that 
you know, the way that we do church is just totally jacked up. Um, that it creates such a tension in them that that they have they they have to jump in and say, you know, something trite like, but 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 Christ loves his church and you should too. <laughs> and yeah. and that it's that it's that lack of resolution that I think that that causes people to to want to jump in really quick to to fix something. I see this just played out just over and over and over again with with Job's conversations with his with his his buddies is is that they just seem unable to to allow um, him to say difficult things because the system has got to be in in, in their in their head the, the system has got to be protected has to be answered has to be you know, accounted for at, at every moment. And yeah. so whenever he, you know, he says, God doesn't, God doesn't care. He's just, he's just after me. He's just hunting me down like a dog. That's not right. That's not true. It, it can't handle just, just yeah. sitting. And, and, and in some way, I just want to let, just ask people, just, just, just shut up. For, <laughs> for I don't know how long. I, I don't know how long you need you need to shut up. And if you've talked yourself into, well, that's not that's not loving. I got to speak truth. We're we're gonna have a we're gonna have a hard time, and you're gonna have a hard time with with people if you have got a timeline for how long you're willing to, you know, to to sit with someone who is uh, who's hurting. And I feel like this is a chance, like hurting people. People who have been deeply wounded in churches are this huge mission field. Mm. I feel like it is like one of the biggest mission fields that is completely overlooked by the mm. church. Absolutely. And this is an opportunity to listen in a way that has not been done before. I think you, you know, put your finger on something there as we've tried to systemize things. When they're in timeline things and deadline things, and it just doesn't work that way, especially when you, we look at the decades of our lives that we have invested in places that were deeply unhealthy. Did they mean to be unhealthy? No, but they were and are. And like trying to make sense of all that is not linear and it is not clean and I just feel like we desperately need people that are just willing to listen. And like, what if the, what if a church in your area or like a church leader in your area just came to you guys and said, I know you're not in a church. How can I pastor you? I don't care if you ever come in the doors of our church or give a dime. I'm sure it's possibility. I would immediately go to what's, you know, what's the motives. You've got to be angling, yeah. you know, here. He must, he must want us in there so that, you know, we, he can, we can get under his preaching and, and then after a while get us into membership so that we can be, you know, under his authority. And those are all the places that my mind is sort of running at the moment. Yeah. I think that's too, the biggest thing is that I have felt like I, I don't even know, I can't trust my own self and my own judgment on on impressions or things even like meeting somebody i'm always like on guard thinking i can't even yeah that person was nice or that was such a caring thing to do but i'm thinking yeah but five years from now that could look like a completely because i that's i've played this i've played i've watched it play before you know and where i felt that i felt cared for and i felt like it was genuine at the time it very well could have been but i know how things ended and i'm left with feeling erased and lost. And so I, so I'm thinking if I thought this way about these past experiences, you know, going into it, what's going to be so different about this next time, you know, what's going to be so different about it. And where is that going to, what next chapter of hurt is going to, that going to lead me into? Mm -hmm. Um, Man, that, that's a really powerful question. How do I trust myself? Yeah. I've actually been getting some counseling. I think we're both, we're both, 
going to be. I, I was definitely heading in that direction. Just, it, there's something kind of scary about the idea of it when you haven't really been involved in it. Cause I used to have this idea that like, I would be required to share things I never wanted to share or they would be able to read my mind. Right. Like, and I was like, Oh, now that I've done this, like that is like, that would be the worst therapist in the history of the world. Um, you know, you find yourself uncovering things or talking about things that I didn't even realize that I was going to talk about, you know, right. and a lot of it isn't even about, you know, the church stuff, but it's just right. about me and how I process things and how I'm, but giving me a voice and saying, it's okay to feel this way and to yeah. find my own story. I think and to tell your story, right? Because yeah. we all want, we, we, we don't want to be forgotten and we don't want to be erased and we want to be heard and valued. And, and I think, I think to be able to just tell your story, you know, and I think that's part of like been so good for Bo talking about this um, on this, on this podcast. I think it's, you know, it gives voice, it gives, it gives value to it. And it, it, it just speaks it out loud. And there's something about saying it out loud like that, that, yeah, that is so empowering and healing. I think we tell our stories over and over again in some ways to find healing, but in other ways, when we don't feel like we've been heard, Mm, we're going to say it again. And I think when people are like, why do you keep saying it? Well, If you were listening, (laughs) I probably wouldn't be saying it, you know, like we wouldn't be having this conversation again. Whenever, whenever that, that expression entered the lexicon of, I didn't feel heard. Whenever that came into being, it, it was something I immediately just discarded. I just, I didn't. I didn't get it whatsoever. You, I just, you just said something. Of course, you were heard. You know, everyone with ears heard what you said. Um, but during that, you know, month-long period of that build-up to that trial, that was when it like hit home. Oh, th- this is what. That's what this means. Like I, I've been talking but it's, it's not registered. And so I, I finally understood not, not just that for me, but, but what, one of the things you ask is what surprised us. And, and, and so when all of the past stuff came up, you know, afresh and anew for Ashley. And I mean, it was, it was like, it just happened. And, and finally it all crystallized for me is that I, I never listened. I never listened to what that did to her because I, I was, I was so hell bent on, on moving on, on just chalking up this period of life and, you know, go on to the next place. And, you know, there's greener grass over here and, and it like all just, just piled all of a sudden. And I realized, Oh crap. Like this, like, this is what you meant that, that like you weren't heard. I wasn't, I wasn't listening, even though I was hearing your words and like, Oh yeah, that, that really sucks. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes you just don't know until you feel it. And walk through it yourself and it's not like a club you want to join you don't want you don't want to invite people to mm-hmm. <laughs> you you want to be understood but you don't really want anybody to join the club no the certainly club don't ever. want to <laughs> the worst club like, ever initiate them <laughs> into if they if they if they already know and are already you know in the clubhouse you don't really have to explain it I'm, I'm teeing her up a little bit here because she's yeah. she's used the expression erased a couple times. Yeah. And I know that has particular meaning to her. What is. So the first situation that we found ourselves in, I, I had, I like, I'm a painter. So I painted huge murals all through their nursery, like okay. big, huge animals. I'd spend weeks and weeks of painting 
and I don't know, probably within a few months after we left, um, they painted over it. And I remember a friend of mine called me and she was like, yeah. And she was telling me stories about some people that were my friends and they were making bullseyes over the animals and laughing and painting over it. And, oh, and wow. I, I just felt so betrayed and erased mm-hmm. and all of that, that all that, that I poured my heart out to, you know, and I didn't, I didn't do it to make money. It wasn't a job. It was something mm-hmm. I did for our church. You know, I was doing mm-hmm. for our church and that, that we were that dispensable and mm-hmm. that just easily erasable. And that, that really stuck with me, you know, because we did pour our hearts and lives into that, that body of that church. We did so much and wasn't to get attention. It was because we really loved the church and we wanted to serve. And I, I, I think that, I don't think I ever really got over that, that, that hurt, that hurt. So Mm -hmm. I felt like even when we were at this recent place, I even had started disengaging before Mm -hmm. things really started to pick up because I was so, it was like coming back to me. I was like, this is too much. This is too involved. I can't, it's happening. I can't do this again because I'm going to get hurt. And you you were checking out before I I was, was. because I was kind of like, what, what's, what do you mean? Why, why don't you want to go to the women's conference? And and why don't you want to go to these big, you know, these big events? I can't uh, stand conferences. I, I don't like the idea of being a part of this like big amoeba where I'm like not individually a person. It's exhausting. I think the older I get, the more tired, the more tired. I'm, I'd much rather be like on a porch with a couple of women and like crying and talking and just being open and honest. And yeah. that to me is so, it's just so much more, like I get so much more out of that than being in some big group setting because that's the thing that you 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 hear when when there's a conference is that you're you're a group yeah you're you're not ashley you're yeah. you're a group yeah yeah and, and most of my life you know and i'm even going through this in my counseling you know most of my life i mean like through church situations like you know i was always like told this is how you think this is how you feel this is how you act this is how you behave this is how you dress this is mm-hmm. what you do and being told, you know, I have to fit into this category instead of who I am. Like I've, I've always just, I've always been very compliant. And so I've always wanted to please. And so I think I've always just wanted to just fit into that category. And I think that's like, I think this last year I've just been like, no, I, I, especially after December, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do or how to feel or how to think. If someone were to say you shouldn't feel that way, which I've had that said. And I'm like, no, I, I have, this is me. This is my own person. And I, I have, I, I feel this way and this is valid. Or, or, you know, yeah. I mean, there is something really healing about sitting in a room with uh, other people that have similar hesitancies about going into a church building signing up as a member um but it's also tricky because when you get a bunch of wounded people together depending on how far along they are in their healing journey you can step on each other accidentally and there are a lot of hidden uh landmines in that world and like so what has that been like for you finding a way to you know say whatever you feel comfortable with um finding community and also being careful and giving different people like freedom to be at different places in this, especially, you know, even people that have sort of walked through some of the same thing with the same, the same church as you. I, I I'll answer first. I, I think I, I got to a point where I just started testing people. <laughs> just want to get and, right down to it. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I would just, I, I would say, you know, things I were, I was feeling, but, but, more provocative things yeah like can i say this what happens if i say this oh yeah 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 um like who thought up you know the idea that we have to sit down shut up and listen to some dude for 50 minutes (laughs) like where where did where did that come from and watch the like the heads explode 
and so I realized, oh, all right, well, if that comment, that question, you know, just ruled me out of bounds. Like, if I can't say this, then I certainly, they're not going to be okay with the other. Yeah. And so, and, and that, that wasn't like from the get go. Yeah. But I, I, I start, I started bumping into these things. And so, and so I think it, and it, it wasn't like knowingly, I'm going to go in and test someone, but it was just such at the surface that I didn't have a whole lot of room to play nice. Like if you asked me how I was doing, I mean, I wasn't going to say, great, (laughs) it sucks. Yeah. Um, And you want to know how I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot lot of times I'd go, do you want to know the truth or you want to lie? Yeah. Well, tell me a lie. Everything's fantastic. I feel (laughs) loved, accepted, you know, embraced by people, understood, heard, aces. Yeah. and so by virtue of that, um, I have made my way down into um, a, a number number of people I can count on a, a hand and still have, you know, a digit or two left over that um, that I, I can be I can be honest with. And, and, and I'm not and I'm not as raw now as I once was, but but they they wrote it out with me. And so I feel like we created a kind of, kind of a bond of, of understanding between one another. I, I know if they stuck with me through that, that I, did, I didn't run them off when I was at my, at my worst, that, um, that we, can, we can kind of move on together, you know, from here on out. And, and, and I know that there'll be an expanding of the circle and stuff, but right now it's pretty, it's, it's pretty tight. For either of you, the people that have wrote it out with you, what have they done well? They they've shut their mouth, mm-hmm. and and said, "I'm sorry, it, that shouldn't have happened." And I don't mean sorry for themselves that they did something, but sorry for what for what happened. I'm yeah. sorry for mm-hmm. how that 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 things are so bad that you're feeling these things. They're they're real. I'm sorry. It, it, this is not the way it's supposed to be. If if you call, you know, my my little friend circle a club, the 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 password was silence. Mm. Really, it, it wasn't it wasn't wise thoughts. It wasn't pithy sayings. It wasn't a Bible. wasn't a Bible verse. It was it was it was sitting there with me. And that, that was characteristic across um, all the people that, that, that stuck with me. Yeah, I think too, like what you were saying earlier, Amy, about like when you got, when you were meeting and how, when you have a bunch of hurting people meeting and you can be in different places because we all, even before that story, we all have stories leading up to that and we all have circumstances and we all have, you know, different ways of reacting and different things that we've had to, to, to process through. So I think it's easy to, like you said, kind of accidentally, you know, say something that not, not, nothing was meant, but it could easily, you know, shut the other person down. And I think realizing too, for me, community doesn't have to be this organized, like coming from a church. Like I found myself, even my work situation, which is a really small group of people. And I work for, you know, someone who is a believer and has just said, sorry with me, you know, like we've all talked about it and we're very um, just supportive. And like, it was, I just felt like, you know, just to be with people that, that were okay with me being where I'm at and a safe place to just say, you know what? I don't know how long this is going to last or, but they're not telling me, you know, you have to be done with this by this time. They care about me and my, where I'm at. And so I think that's the thing. Community can look so different. It can be in different places. It can be in your work setting. You might have a small group there. It doesn't have to be church affiliated. It doesn't have to be. And I think too, to, to be able to say, put up boundaries for yourself in the sense of when you do feel unsafe or, and I say, and, and, or 
shut down. It's okay to like take a step back and, and, and give yourself some space. And, and I think to tell yourself that it is okay. And you don't have to be a part of this, a big group of people right now. Yeah. There isn't like a, a preordained idea of like, you have to be back in this building in order to be at the finish line of healing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. What, so what has helped you make sense of this? I'm a sense maker. And I feel like a lot of people that have gone through something really hard, what they do afterwards is, I feel like Wade Mullen mentioned this as part of like the healing process is that there is, we do this thing. (laughs) We want to make sense of it. Um, we're meaning makers. So what, what has helped you process, make sense of things? You know, there's all kind of gradients of, of, of making sense of things. The, the first thing I, like, I really struggled to make sense of was why, why these men did these evil things. Mm-hmm. Because you're inevitably asked by people, are, 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 you, are you, like, do you think they're evil? Or are they... You know, they, are they unregenerate? Is, is that why you think they're doing these things? It was such a, a conflict of trying to figure out how, how they could be doing these evil things. And, and, and I mean, and I, and I do honestly question a, a, couple, a couple of them. Um, and, um, and, and, and I'm not trying to say it vindictive, but, but I, I do wonder um, about at least one or two of them. Well, when you, uh, I mean, the difference between somebody having a bad day and a whole long pattern of really harmful things, th- those are different categories. That, that, that have constantly been confronted, constantly been brought to, continue to remain unrepentant. So the, 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 the one thing that helped me in that, in that sphere, and I don't know whether I'm, I'm repeating myself with something I heard Diane Langberg say in a podcast when she was talking about systems and, you know, to, in, in, in men's propensity to to defend a system said um, something along the lines of you you must remember that the same system that God that God instituted for the care and protection of his people was the very same system that that murdered his son mm. and so that that desire to want to protect God and his and his system is a stand-in. And so the church structure, you know, this this is God where where God's name's on the line because they've, they've conflated whatever local church system structure that they've created. That this is God's system, and it, it would be it, it it's tantamount to you know me me hiding Ashley in the closet because a guy has has come to the door saying I've come here to kill your wife and breaks the door in and says, where's your wife? Um, and I go, she ran out the back door. I'm totally justified, you know, in, in lying because I'm protecting something of, of far greater value, you know, than, than truth. And, and, and I, I think they, they think similarly, okay. um, somewhere in that, in that brain that there is a trade off that this might not be accurate. This might be misleading. We may be downright lying, but, you know, we've got to protect, you know, the wife in the closet. It, yeah. That's more important. Protecting that system. Yeah. Protecting the system. Aftermath, I, I will have to check back in to, to make sense because I haven't. I mean, it hasn't been that long, really. Yeah. I think it's more of like I... In some way, God has somehow continues to just give me a sense of hopefulness and a sense of remembering we do live in a fallen world and we live and everything is broken, including the church. And and that, you know, I, I've already seen little bits of good from in my own life come out of it, even if it's just our marriage has, I feel like we have become more understanding of each other. I think through, through this, it's been, I've seen, I've seen good in that I've seen, and even just hopefulness in the fact that, you know, maybe, you know, God can use our story or my story to help somebody else 
And I, I think, I think because it's, because there is so much brokenness in the church. And I think there's so many people that are hurting quietly and feel like they're not good Christians or they don't measure up or they're not good enough. And, you know, if I, if God could just use my story, even just to, to just comfort somebody else, then that, that's, that's a good thing. And I know that he'll redeem it somehow. I, I heard, I heard recently, um, I was visiting, visiting a, a, a friend down in Florida. We, uh, we went out, had drinks with a, um, one of his friends. We had me and my friend, but then this other guy, I didn't know, but he knew. And we had a similar background of, you know, a church experience. And um, he's very thoughtful as he's listening to me, you know, just, just ev everything that you would, you, you would dream, you know, someone who's, you know, hearing, hearing your story, not, not reacting, but just taking it in, you know, you know, they're, they're hearing you <laughs> and not in any kind of instructive or directive way. And it wasn't the first thing he said, it was later on. I'm just kind of distilling this. He, he was reflecting upon, upon Christ's crucifixion and, and how that, that event was horrific. The, the, this suffering was appeared totally without rhyme, reason, meaning, unexplainable yeah. until it was interpreted. And, and so you get into to, to Acts 2 and you, and you see the suffering of Christ in, interpreted um, by God. And, and so he made, he made this observation that, that, Maybe your suffering hasn't been interpreted for you yet. God for sure has interpreted it. It's written down somewhere, but you you don't know how how He's interpreted your your suffering yet. And it was something that I I never heard anyone say, in in that kind of way. I mean, there, there have been very trite ways of saying, you know, oh, some good will come out of that. Yeah. I mean, find another way to say that, dude, yeah. or lob in the Romans 828 hand grenade, you know, pull the pin and throw it and run. And, but that, that particular way was like very, very significant that caused me to stop and, 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 and think that that's right. But like this hope and belief that things will not be unredeemed. And I think, like you said, Bo, like there is a time in a way to say that, that doesn't feel gross. Um, and the kind of person that says it, I think too, says a whole lot, like the person that has walked through really similar or really hard things, they're going to say that in a way that's really different and a lot more easy for me to hear, I think, than somebody that I feel like does not get it, doesn't get it. Um, Mary Beth Chapman, when they were talking about losing their daughter, yeah. you know, she went on the Today Show, I think. And, you know, she was talking about how people were like, you'd oftentimes say, well, I'm so like, grateful, you know, that God was able to do blah, 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 blah through whatever. And she's like, you know what? No, mm. I want my daughter back. I'm right. not going to say it was all worth it. Mm. It's just really honest and really raw. And I thought that that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If there's another way I want it, like the subversive way of the Holy spirit is that he'll, he gives us a path to, to have things be redeemed but I don't, I wouldn't choose it. <laughs> I would choose another way <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to recruit other people down the really painful, horrible path. Mm -hmm. It's that horrible club that you don't want to, like you're glad to not be alone in, but you are really sad anybody has to be a part of. If you had a chance to have a conversation with somebody from your church uh, and like again, or a redo, <laughs> maybe a leader or somebody you felt like really didn't hear you, would you take it? And what would you say? Leadership? No, uh, absolutely not. The way that I played this out in my head is that I would get a, a very generic um, request to, to meet someone and that my reply would be, you know, a series of questions. Mm -hmm. um, why do you want to talk? What do you want to talk about? I, I would I would not want to miss an opportunity for someone that was actually being 
reflective, even if they weren't all the way there yet, but was questioning what they had done. I'd like to be there for that. Yeah. I'm not sure if I could now, but I wouldn't want to miss that. There would definitely be a lot of guardrails. All the many hours of conversations you had to be involved with that were really painful and exhausting. I could see why you wouldn't want to jump back into that circus again. Like, tell me, name, tell me one thing that you did wrong. Because up to this point, there's been none. Um, and that's been the messaging. Give me some reason to want to take this risk other than giving you another opportunity to beat the hell out of me. Yeah. For me, I, I wouldn't take that. I, when this whole thing started to ramp up and there were meetings and stuff happening, I think there was a reason why I didn't choose to be a part of that. And because I remember telling Bo, like, this is not going to end well. I knew, I knew how things had gone in the, in the past and but this is going to be different because they, you we know, had, they all, were they so had all their doctrine right. I just felt this dread <laughs> and fear. I was absolutely terrified. Yeah. And I, so I have, there is definitely fear. There's, I, I, I don't think I could handle another like reaction or questioning me or, you know, making me, even hearing the stuff that, you know, about things were said to him, it was it was pretty felt pretty unbearable. And by the time we got to December, I felt like there was just this, I don't, I told Bo this and I, I never felt like there was such a black cloud. Mm -hmm. I felt it was serious spiritual warfare going on. And I felt this awful, awful black cloud presence. It was just so bad. It was so oppressive. Um, that I felt, I felt like I couldn't get out from under until we finally just ended it that day at the, the trial day. But, yeah. um, I think I was already at that point before it started, I felt like I didn't trust the process of it. And I, I just knew like what happens power in the hands of men. And just when you, you know, when they go to a degree to protect, you know, that, that institution and what that turns into. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I could, I could do that. I, I think so many times back to whatever Ryan Ramsey had said about, you know, how we trust our beloved institutions. Um, and we forget that that same sin nature that is, you know, preached about as being out there that it also can apply to our beloved faith yeah. communities and leaders and you can have like this really robust doctrine of, of sin and forget <laughs> that just that also applies the chair of the elder board. Like you can be wrong about something. Mm -hmm. You can be blind to something until we are at home with Jesus. We're not fully redeemed. We're not fully perfect. You know, we're hopefully becoming more and more like him, but that means there's always going to be a blind spot. So many times in leadership and Christian organizations, what I see is the lack of remind, remembering that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that it's not just out there. It's in, in us and we don't know, we can't see what we can't see. And we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, that was, that was a theme all throughout. This is a, a cultural movement of attacking authority that was said over and over and over again. So, so it was definitely framed that it was something from the outside. And, yeah. and, and these are things, you know, some of the things were, were clear at the time, the way that they were being framed. And some of them, you know, became a lot clearer later uh, of, of, of how they were thinking about things is that this is an attack from the outside. Um, you know, the world is coming in to attack Christ's church. You know, it, it is all bets off. We are tasked with defending the keep. You know, we, we are in the two towers, you know, movie now. That That's one of those, you know, wish, wish I'd understood more at yeah. the time. What would you tell your past self? I'm assuming you would have some grace and empathy <laughs> and some urgency, maybe. But you've said this all the time. You've always say this about 
you if you had a conversation with yourself a year ago or whatever. But 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 I say it, but I know it wouldn't have changed anything. Um, <laughs> I tell myself to get get the hell out. Yeah. Go run. Can you give yourself grace for the person that wouldn't have heard it? Yeah. Um, but but it, it's kind of like a a, a double edged sword there. Because, you know, the person that that didn't hear it, you know, hurt, hurt this person and 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 and, and Ashley a yeah. whole hell of a lot, because mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, the way I had had put this and we're using all this um, this movie imagery here is that, you know, if I had come back, you know, in a DeLorean, you know, from the future to say don't do this, Bo. This, this is going to go really bad and you are going to screw, screw yourself and your wife up royally. And it's, and the ending's going to be the same, except you're going to be left with a, a whole bag of pain. I would have looked at myself right in the face and said, you don't understand. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm you. And I, I, I could, I could not have, left that that fight they they picked a fight kicked sand in my eyes but yeah i i i wished i hadn't i, w- I wish there was some way that it did, that we didn't have to do that speaking of movies have you seen sahara oh yeah absolutely. oh i love that movie we've seen it so many times steve zahn says hey <laughs> i'm just wondering when we're gonna rethink our decision making paradigm just go back and say don't take that job. Don't marry that person. Here we are, you know, looking for a, a ship or a treasure in the desert. I'm just wondering when we're going to rethink our decision-making paradigm. <laughs> if I were to go do the time travel and run into you, I think I would say, you don't believe me right now. Yeah. And there's nothing I could say to change your mind. But I want you to know, you're going to be here for yourself at the end at some point and other people are going to be here when you're ready just so you know here's how to find yourself hmm. here's how to check in with your wife just remember keep this keep this card <laughs> <laughs> for when you're ready learning about betrayal blindness has helped me um, like the idea of how much it costs somebody to see the truth it has given me grace for myself and others. Um, I have the book over here, Blind to Betrayal by what? Jennifer Freed. That helped me so much because the very system that God created to protect us and our little psyches from knowing things that would destroy us also keeps us blind to the things that are really unhealthy that would help us maybe bail earlier on things. Mm-hmm. Um it's that same system that protects that child who's being abused from really knowing what's happening to them because it would completely destroy them. Mm. It's like your subconscious says, Oh no, Bo can't see this. Bo can't handle this. Bo has five other things happening right now. There's too many things happening in his life. We can't let him see it. Mm. <laughs> and so I, I just, I want to say that to you too, to say like, it's not completely your fault that you didn't see it. There's a part of your whole body system in your brain that was trying to protect you from seeing something that it knew that if you saw it, it would require a really big sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of you that wasn't sure if you would survive that or have the space to make that choice then. And I think about that for other people in that situation too. And I mean, I think the more authority and power and information somebody has, the less likely I am to feel a lot of empathy. Hmm. But I do understand the cost of entering in and seeing the truth. And I think that's why sometimes we weigh who we tell our stories to, because we know that once they hear it, it requires something. Hmm. How does it feel to process the idea that maybe, maybe there was something in you that was trying to protect you? It's, it's probably something that I'll think 
probably about in the future. Yeah. I was about to say I was in such survival mode, which is the very, which is the very thing that you're, you know, calling out. It's hard to look at it as a, um, like it was a, a good thing that it was doing me good because it feels like it just ended up doing me harm. It's the sort of thing that, that serves us until it doesn't. It's kind of yeah. funny how we were doing, like I was do, I was self-protecting by like just kind of backing off and letting him do. And his, I, his form of protection, self-protecting was different, right? And it, But it's still, I think, like it could still be the same thing. It just, it can look different with different people. You mentioned earlier that you, you still have some hope. So what does hope look like, I guess? And like, what is your hope? Tell me, fill in the blank there. I don't want to, I don't want to fill in for you. Uh, I have hope in the sense of, I think the fact that I still, I still have faith in God that I still haven't, I still have a desire for him that I still like, I find myself saying, God, just don't let me go. Just don't let me go. And, and I, I have hope because of that, because I, I, after walking away from these situations and you, you feel like you see so many people that just walk away from God because they just, they're like, if this is who God is, then I don't, I don't want any part of that. But I, and I, I have hope in the sense of, I think kind of what that story that Bo was talking about earlier, that our, that our story is not done yet. And that, and that it's written down that God has, is not going to erase that story and that he is going to use that story. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I have hope because I know who God is and I, I can't, and I'm, and I'm, I'm actually like, this has been a pro this process of like taking God and out kind of separating him from this, this church stuff that we've been walking through this, this, this brokenness and like somehow knowing that, that God is going to make those things right. If that makes sense, but I don't, it might not look like that on this side. I, I don't, I'm not really sure it. I, I don't know what church is going to look like for us, yeah. you yeah. know, but I do know that, that God knows our story and that it's not over yet. I, I, I know Jesus is going to bust up that fully ring and, and bring justice. That's like a, 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 you know, a plea for, you know, some justice. Um, which I mean, it's not, it's not less than that. I know, I know what my, my, my big H hope is in. I am secure in Jesus and these things have not disrupted that. Yeah. My big question <laughs> is in, in the big wondering and, 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 and worry is, is, is how, how do we function in this community that 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 he created um, for us to, you know, to to walk through this 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 difficult life, in? and that has been burned to the ground. Yeah. And 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 as I said at one one time when we talked, I mean, it's it's just ashes and and sifting through it to find, you know, a picture that, you know, got spared are, are kind of the things that I'm kind of looking around for. Um, did, did, did any, did anything remain? And, and even the very glib statements that people have, have made to me, well, Jesus loved his church. So you've got to, too, and jump back in there. Like, Mm. I get it. Horrible thing to say um, to me, but yes, those things are true. And um, and and trying to figure out how and where he wants us to be 
um, participating in that. I, I don't, I don't understand that right now. Yeah. And, and so here, here's a little bit of the trying to have grace with me now part is, is feeling, trying to feel okay with, with not, not knowing what that is, mm -hmm. you know, not being a member of a church. We can share a story like this and we can have hope and, and still end it unresolved yes. on a dissonant note. Yeah. Some big questions. It's uncomfortable, but I think it is more true and it gives a lifeline to more people than, and here is how we all lived happily ever after. And it's already all figured out um, because there's a lot of people that cannot resonate with all the questions being answered. It's just more complicated. Now I was... I was thinking about the difference between the first time that a church instance and we left and I'm thinking like I was hopeful, I think hopeful in men, hopeful in the church, hopeful in, and I was thinking the difference of that then and now, and my, it's such a, it looks so different. You know, the hope that I, it's not in, you know, the institution or, and I, I think kind of separating that somehow, but that is uncomfortable. I, I have I've overlooked this as I'm thinking about wanting to give a, you know, a, a some hopeful end to this. It, it's not resolution, but I, I have mentioned how I have been um, going through Job a lot. So in, in the aftermath of this, there was there, there was this, so much a scripture um for some reason just got like poison to me. You know, you can have scripture weaponized against you. Um, and then, and then you can just have, you know, uh, just bad feelings about, because you associate, you know, a piece of scripture with sitting in this place and hearing it. And so, I was having a lot of trouble trying to figure out how to how to engage with God over anything, and just picked up Job on a, on a lark, and and I'm on my fifth time through it, just consecutively, and I mean painstakingly slow. I don't mean like a chapter a day, um, fast, but very slow. And, and, and I'm not a Job figure, I'm not making myself a Job figure yeah. for us, but I discovered in that when I, I didn't feel like I knew how to say the things to God that I was feeling that I, I, I found someone, you know, inscripturated who was saying some deep, dark stuff all of a sudden i realized yo god god has met me god has condescended to these you know brought himself down to these like very base feelings that that i'm that i'm having and these thoughts that that I, i'm i'm afraid some afraid some i don't even know how to to put words to someone that God loved dearly has put words to these, to these feelings. And so got me, you know, back, back engaging with God in, in some manner explained why people around me were doing and saying some of the things that they were doing and saying that was hard, that was hurtful. And, and all of that was, was um was very unexpected that has been a, a great source and, and probably one that i've i've taken i've taken for granted of 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 hope that even feeling the way i'm feeling that you know that that god is not that god that was represented to me as standing afar off you know showing his hand to me 
mm-hmm. offering truth propositions, you know, accept this, deny this. But he was a God who showed me his face and he, he, he drew near, grabbed my face and, 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 and entered in to my pain. I have been so honored to be able to sit and talk with Bo and with Ashley, and I'm equally honored that I've been able to share their voices with you. Please don't hesitate to thank Bo or Ashley on any of their social media posts that I have shared on or on their own. I know they would be honored to offer their own encouragement to those of you walking similar paths. As we head into December, I wanted to let you know that I will be taking some time off to spend more time with my family and make plans for the show for 2024. I'll be sharing a few reruns of my most popular shows of 2023, but I won't have any new episodes until 2024. However, I will be sharing a little more in depth with my Patreon community regarding all that's swirling through my head regarding the future of this podcast. So if you want a little more information, you can join me over at patreon.com slash untangled faith. Also, when I'm done recording this audio, I will be working on a special audio bonus just for my patrons. You'll be able to access that on Patreon as well. The Untangled Faith podcast is hosted by me, Amy Fritz. This podcast is made possible by the support of my Patreon community. If you're interested in supporting the podcast and checking out the bonus goodies offered to my supporters, check out patreon.com slash untangled faith. A special thanks to producers Michelle Pianic, Phil and Susan Perdue, Pam Forsythe, and Shelley Taylor. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next year.